Bible says in Matthew 25, and if you have not shared this yet, go ahead and share it online, subscribe, and, and follow along with us, even in the replay. Praise the Lord. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. Somebody say foolish. Five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. Verse 5 says, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. Verse 8, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Somebody say, give me some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you. Bible says, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other versions came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he, but he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I'm so thankful, Lord, for this opportunity that we've had to worship in your presence. I thank you for this opportunity now to be able to worship through the, de the declaration of your word in this message, in this rhema word that you would have for us today. Please, Lord, I ask that you use my mouth, use my mind to declare with such mighty, uh, in a, such a mighty manner that indeed lives would be transformed and that they would take what it is, including myself, we would take what we hear and we would leave and put it to practice. We thank you and we give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, let everybody say amen. Usually, uh, usually people would preach from this passage with eschatology in mind or the doctrine of end things or the return of Christ as that is the primary meaning and uh, the primary mode of importance here in this pericope or in this passage. However, I want to share uh, because I believe that there is something underlying there uh, that we secondarily can grab. And I want to, if you will, now that we've established the primary meaning of the passage, I want to grab this secondary thought that I think will lend itself to helping us uh, to be ready and to stay ready. Come on, somebody. Because staying ready is imperative and making sure. And I know there are some great nuggets in there that I'll be able to share with you. I never forget, man. And as you know, a lot of my stories start with I'll never forget. Because uh, I've been in a lot of, a lot of uh, stuff. And uh, so anyways, I'll never forget, man. We, were, we went out to a conference in New York. And we were there in New York, my wife and I and a couple friends at the time who were in our vehicle. A lot of my stories also have to do with vehicles. <laughs> And so we were in our Honda CRV. We're there. And we're traveling back from uh, from Brooklyn, New York. We're driving. We're headed through uh, New Jersey, and we're going through all sorts of places, and you know, enjoying the scenery. Driving had a full tank of gas. Some might say a full tank of gas. Had a full tank of gas, and traveling up the road, and it was nuts because 
uh, as we are traveling up the road, you know, we got to the point where there was some sort of an incline. There was an incline and the journey was, you know, was put, put some wear on the, on the vehicle. We were going up what seemed to be a, a, a massive hill. And as we we're going up this hill, uh, it was nuts because every time the car got to 4,000 RPMs or revs per minute, you know, every time it got to 4,000, it started, you know, backing off. And it wouldn't allow us to get past that 4,000 RPMs uh, mode. Uh, and what ended up happening was, you know, we eventually made it up the hill, but we were going really slow to get up. And then when I got on the straightaway and I tried to give it gas and I tried to go forward, what we ended up seeing happening was again, it started conking out, conking out. And it would not allow us to go beyond a certain speed. And so I'm like, what on earth is going on? I was probably going to have to call Emron <laughs> to come in Tomans <laughs> on that CAA, right? But, or AAA in the States. But it was one of those situations where we're like, man, we can't go. We can't move forward. Full tank of gas, but the car is not working. Oh, I want somebody to see where I'm going before I even get there because uh, we end up being able to make it. I'm like, man, I got to get off. I'm out here in Merca, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want nobody to pull me over. Come on, somebody. I'm like, let me find a gas station. So the man them get off at the nearest exit. Thank God I was able to make it across the interstate and get off. And then we were able to go to the gas station. When I got there, I noted when I checked, I just started doing all the checks. Yeah, I had gas. But then I went and I took the dipstick, put the dipstick in there, took the dipstick out. And looked at the dipstick and saw on the dipstick that there was no oil. <laughs> so I had gas, but I didn't have oil. Come on, somebody. So what it turned out was, was, you know, as I've shared with you, I'm a team Honda man. I plan to run these boys until they can't run no more. Come on. My 2000 Honda Accord, I say, has over 500,000 kilometers on that. Still looking pretty. Drove me all the way from California. Listen, and we're still going ham with it, right? The 2002 Honda CRV, which I've preached about before, that was the one that was tripping. And I didn't realize that because of the higher miles, that even though I had put oil in it before we left and did an oil change and all of that, it was burning oil faster than I expected. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I reached certain places in the journey, Although I put oil in it before I left, although I had a full tank of gas, my gas was not enough for the journey. I needed oil. Oh, can I just help somebody on today? And I needed, so I got the oil and I filled it up and I put it in there. I stepped aside and I did what I did. And eventually, uh, by God's grace, we were able to make it back to Toronto we were able to make it back home and I'm excited about that because that journey let me know because you know when we think about traveling long distance usually all we think about is gas oh do I have enough gas in the car did I budget enough to put the is the tank full you know usually when we think about cars breaking down the reason why we think of them breaking down is because or getting to a place where we ran out of gas anybody other than me ever ran out of gas Okay, yeah, well, maybe I'm the only one, child. Or y'all are just not, okay, no, no, okay. I'm like, I thought I was by myself for a second. 
Y'all just don't want to admit it, right? Online, online. Did you ever run out of gas? Let me know. But the thing is that gas, gas uh, for the journey is not enough. Come on, somebody. Gas is not enough. You know, when many of us think about, because uh, when, when this experience happened to me, it started paralleling and having me to look at life. A lot of us, a lot of us, we think that we're good because we got gas in the tank. Because we have energy in there, because, you know, we know the information, because uh, we, 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 we read our Bibles and all of these various things, because we come to church. and because, So we think that we have, in many regards, our tank is full in that regard. But uh, but the end of the day, fact of the matter is that there is a difference between gas and oil. And you can have a full tank of gas, I learned, and have your car break down because you don't have any oil in the engine. There are many of you, if I could just parallel, because although this story, as I said, talks about, an es- talks about eschatology, the return of Christ, and what will happen in the kingdom of God, as it talks about someone who has gone away, uh, and this bridegroom is coming, and when the bridegroom is coming, because the church is known as the bride of Christ, And the bridegroom will return and he talks about two classes of people. People whose lamps have oil and people who had oil to start the journey but didn't bring any backup. And so what ends up happening is they make it to the area that they're supposed to be at but there's some dark times that happen. And as a result, as a result of them not bringing extra oil as the wise people did when the darkness came and the journey started to happen, when the difficulty happened and the hills came, come on somebody, they had no more oil. And then guess what happens? They start asking others. Oh my, somebody say get your own oil. How many of you know that you can't survive off of other people's oil? Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm going to break it down in a second. I want to help you to understand. Some of y'all, you think you can make it off your grandma's oil. Come on. Some of you, you think that you can make it on the journey off your husband's oil. Come on, somebody. Because he prays and you don't. So you think that that's good enough. But I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that you need your own oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wise, the wise virgins, they said, we don't have enough oil for us and for you. Come on, somebody. You got to go and buy your own oil. And there are many of us that we are missing what it is that God has for us, especially in the season ahead. We can't get to the journey because it ended up being too late. And the reason why is because we did not bring enough oil for the journey. Now I don't leave the house without a couple jugs of oil in the trunk. Because when that thing happens, I know how to handle it. Oh, I want to help somebody. The reason why, especially because, see, the fact of the matter is, I want you to understand, just like my truck, we are stuck with this same life. You can't toss this life out and get a new one. Just like I can go and buy a new vehicle, but you can't do that with your life. And how many of you know that the more miles you get on your life, the more, the more it's going to burn some oil. And I know it's Twitter painted and excited for many people when they first start in Christ and they start this journey with Christ. Some of you, you just got baptized and it's fresh and it's wonderful and it's exciting. But I wonder if I got any witnesses that have been following Jesus for more than a month or two that you can look back and say, listen, man, this journey needs some oil. Come on, somebody. It's some hills. It's some challenges that show up. And you and I, we can't just go on yesterday's oil. I feel even as we get ready to walk into this new season that it's time for many of us to check our oil 
If I was to take a title today, that would be what I would call it. Check your oil. Come on, somebody. Got to walk with oil in the trunk, you know, and I want to let you know, especially for those of you who are coming out of this fasting season. You've been coming out of this prayer and this fasting season. Surf City, we have. We've been seeking God and coming out of this season. And for many of you, as soon as you came out, you started getting tested. Stuff started happening. You don't got to show me hands. Stuff started happening. Challenges were popping up. Hills were like showing up and you're like, man, what was the point of fasting? Did, did the fasting even work? I mean, what happened? I mean, I want you to understand. Fact of the matter is that that's usually the way it happens. Usually you'll fast and then God will put some tests in the way for you to get to the place where you see if indeed what was put in you, what you were imbued with during that season of fasting actually took root. Oh, can I just prophesy to somebody that's facing some difficulty that wants to quit? You're like, man, why did I go through that? For some of you, you're like, man, did I just starve myself and nothing happened? Come on, somebody. I want you to know that those hills that you're up against are an opportunity for God to declare and show you where you truly are. And in that moment, it's not about you relying on yourself. But God is calling you to get to the place where you check your oil. Even Jesus, Jesus, after he went... In Matthew chapter 3, he didn't, wasn't baptized because he was a sinner, but he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness, as he said. Setting an example of what, we, what was to happen with us. And the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. And then it, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, what book did I say? I'm not going to go there for sake of time. I'm just going to read it quickly. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. It's crazy because after you put your flesh aside, suddenly out of this period and out of this time, there's stuff that becomes attractive to you and stuff that comes to try and pull you back to where it is that you were before you entered into that season of consecration. And I just want to let somebody know and declare to you today, do not go back. Come on, somebody. Be like Jesus. Jesus says, it is written. He holds the word and he throws the word at Satan as Satan tries to tempt him. And so I want to encourage you, don't think that it's strange because you are facing trials for those of you who are coming out of this season of consecration. But even those of you who did not consecrate, but you are walking into this season ahead, you've got to make sure, I want to challenge you to make sure that you check your oil as you prepare for the journey ahead. Are you with me? And so the fact of the matter is that there are many of us that are tempted because of the tests that we're facing to enter back into self-reliance or codependence. Self-reliance in that, you know, you're to the place the enemy is always trying to get you to where, for many of you, where you think that you need to go to yourself in that moment. That you need to fix it yourself. This is why I love the songs that we sung today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Self-reliance is one of the biggest tricks of the enemy. You don't need God. Just eat that fruit and you're going to be like him. And so one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is self-reliance. Getting you to the place where you think about yourself. That's why the gospel reading today. Talking about unless you hate yourself. Not, not hate. And when he talks about hate. You know you hear stuff like that. And you're like what on earth does this mean? And hate your father and mother and all this stuff. And whatever. Jesus is saying basically. And we hear it in our English language. But when they were hearing it in the original Greek uh, and Hebrew and Aramaic. They're hearing love less. 
when you get to the place where you're where you're walking in this life and Jesus is truly your Lord and you you put him before everything and everyone else are you with me and so there are many of us when we get into difficult situations and we start going up the hill what ends up happening is we start turning back like I said to ourselves or we get to a place of codependence you know where God is trying to get you to depend on him but we start pulling towards certain people and I know that there this is a disorder and there's disorders and mental things that are there that are attached uh, but I'm speaking about especially the fact that many of us we are reliant on others on the oil of others when God is trying to get you to trust him for yourself and I love it because in these moments there are many of you I sense even as God in this new season ahead if this is just I just want it this is especially prophetic for those of you who are getting ready to um, embark on what God has planned for your future check your oil because it's not going to be by your efforts that you're going to bring this to pass don't matter how much gas you have doesn't matter how much your efficacy is going to be determined by your oil you can have gas and no power it's not about singing you can have all the energy you can sing and have no power you can pray and preach and have no power come on somebody you can open doors and have no I love it when I hear transformation stories about people who are opening the doors at our church or holding signs and lives are transformed by signs saying the Purell party is this way because there's oil that's attached to the holder. Oh, I just want to help somebody understand. It's not just, I want, I want to get to the place that when I pray that chains fall off. Come on, somebody. I want to get to the place that when I open that business, no matter what it is that I face, people are looking and they're saying, why is it that you're able to succeed in this season of drought and famine and you're able to testify? It's not because I got gas. It's not because I know all the stuff. I know the tips. I know the tricks. But it's because of the oil. Oh my, I want to help somebody today. And, and this is it. You know, I love the scripture uh, in Zechariah. What book did I say? Zechariah. Zechariah is one of those scriptures uh, and those books that people don't go to often. But for the sake of this, I want to share this with you. Zechariah was a governor in Israel. And he was, uh, he was one of the ones who led the first group of the Jews out of Babylonian captivity. And the undertaking, the assignment on Zechariah was to rebuild the temple. Somebody say rebuild the temple. Now they had been in Babylonian captivity. They had forgotten who they were in many regards. They took on the names of the world, all sorts of stuff. And the Bible makes it clear that he has this assignment to go back home and to rebuild the temple. This is a massive undertaking. And an angel at the top of this undertaking to Zerubbabel shows him, uh, the, Zerubbabel the governor, shows him this vision which uh, i believe paints a picture for where we're at today bible says and the angel who talked with me came and woke me this is zechariah chapter 4 verse 1 came again and woke me like a man who is awakened out of his sleep and he said to me what do you see i said i see and behold a lampstand someone say a lampstand all of gold with a bowl on top of it and seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it and there are two olive trees somebody say olive trees 
olive trees the bible says by it one on the right of the bowl and the other on the left and i said to the angel who talked with me what are these my lord then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me do you not know what these are i said no my lord verse 6 he says then he said to me this is the word of the lord to zerubbabel everybody say zerubbabel not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord of hosts olive trees olive oil represents the ministry and the power of the holy spirit and zerubbabel as he had this massive agenda on his life the lord was reminding him that it was not going to happen by his might or his power not by just the gas in the tank come on but it was going to be by the spirit and the power of the lord who is with me on today i stopped by to let someone know that you have been relying on your gas in the tank come on some of y'all been spending your money and budgeting to put gas in the tank but you forgot about the oil and God is here to tell you with there are many of you you're facing daunting tasks and you're like how is it that I'm going that this is going to work how am I going to make it forward how am I going to build this business in the season ahead how am I going to release my children to this scholastic system with COVID and deltas and all sorts of stuff running around come on somebody I'm here to tell you that it is not by your might come on not by your power but it is by your spirit by his spirit say the lord if it was up to you if it was reliant on you you would not be able to make it but you got to check your oil check your oil i love it isaiah 40 chapter 20 verses 29 through 31 write this down isaiah 40 29 through 31 he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might he increases strength even the youth come on somebody somebody putting their trust in their youth Put in trust in your energy and your youthfulness for the young people. Come on, he says, but even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord, shall, can I give you a context? Will renew, the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh my, any Bible readers in this place? I don't know what you're facing. I don't know how it's looking in your life right now. But I dare you to wait on the Lord. Stop waiting on the gas. Stop waiting on yourself. Come on, you can go pedal to the metal and still have no power if you're trusting in yourself. Come on, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But those of us that trust in the Lord, Lord, it's the these are the ones that will be able to make it forward are you with me and it's important for us to understand as I was thinking about this that not just your engine needs oil when I was looking at the car I was saying to myself and it's insane to me because not just the engine needs oil come on somebody because that's just one part when we think of oil we think of the engine but also the chassis needs oil <laughs> I want to help you with this what's the chassis the chassis is what is under the car it holds it together and there's suspension and shocks that are attached to the chassis somebody say shocks your suspension in other words uh, how the car is able to handle bumps how the car is able to handle trauma when it shows up when you go down in ditches come on when potholes show up 
the suspension needs to be lubricated as well uh, there are many of you the way that you're handing potholes is because you don't have oil in your suspension come on somebody uh, it's not a just about oil in the engine but when it is that you check your oil don't just check the engine oil but check yourself for how it is that you're dealing with trauma because oftentimes this is indicative of the fact that you need oil are you with me how are you responding to life's potholes? How about this? Not only, not only in your chassis, in your suspension, but also in your transmission. Uh, you need transmission oil as well. This imperative and important for us. The transmission, for those who are wondering what that is, it, it facilitates how the car shifts from one gear to another. And there are many of you, you have to understand when you don't have oil, come on, when your oil is not in order, you have challenges shifting in and out of seasons. Come on, somebody. Fact of the matter is that there are many of you that are still in a season that you were supposed to be out of a long time ago, but because you were unable to shift, your gears were slipping. Oh, I'm preaching. I want you to grab this. Your gears were slipping and you couldn't shift out of one into the other. There is a relationship and a friendship that belonged in the winter and it's summer and you're still holding on to it. And God has been telling you, you need to shift out of that relationship. But you've been, oh, can I preach this thing? Like I feel it. Wondering why you got all this heartache. Wondering why gears are grinding. Come on, somebody. All you're hearing is all sorts of foolishness. At the end of the day, it's many of you that need to get rid of of those relationships but when you don't have oil you have difficulty shifting who's with me shift shift somebody say shift happens shift happens and then there's one more one more i got for you uh not only this not only the chassis or the suspension and there's some called shock oil and, and transmission oil but also your doors and your your doors and your hatches need oil too you know, the fact of the matter is uh, that when it comes to doors, how many of you have ever had a squeaky door on your car? Come on, somebody. If you had a squeaky door, and people know when you're opening, man, them know when you're coming home, when you're leaving, all this stuff, because it's so squeaky. Come on, somebody. Y'all want to be real with me today. I want to help you to understand it's imperative for you uh, to make sure that you got oil in your doors and your hatches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me let you know, too many of us making noise when you're coming and you're going. <sighs> making way too much noise when you're making movements come on somebody i want to help somebody understand this we live in a generation that's all about putting stuff on blast come on there's some of you that wonder and they're looking they're saying why aren't you posting on facebook so much why aren't you putting this in? i wonder what's going on yeah i want you to guess come on somebody because i'm making more movements than i am noise in this season and because I got oil, I'm seeking God about what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. Come on, somebody. Many of you, the reason why the vision God has given you is aborted is because when you were supposed to walk it out, you've been talking it out. Oh my, I just feel this thing. There are many of you, God has called you to do this thing and you've been making too much noise. You got to go back and grease your hinges. Check. Are you speaking too loud? Are you speaking too soon? Come on, somebody. Are you speaking too early? You saying stuff that you only was supposed to be between you and God? Are you saying stuff out loud that God only told you for a select group of people? And now people going and 
teeth in with them teeth in cells teeth in all of the vision and the stuff that God has given you come on to benefit you and your household but you thought you went out to go ahead and had to blast it on Facebook come on and put it on social media when God want y'all don't want to be real with me when God just called you to keep it to yourself it's imperative for us to understand get to the place where you're checking your oil so I say I got to check the oil and as I bring this plane down I want you to grab this because when you have oil in your car how do I check my, how do I change my oil fact of the matter is you got to get many of us need an oil change the oil from the past it gets dirty come on somebody and the season ahead requires fresh oil somebody say fresh oil when you go and get an oil change they put a sticker on your window and they say either a certain amount of miles or a certain date and for some of you the date is passed for some of you the mileage is passed and you have not changed your oil come on somebody for some of you you can't make it to the mileage because like me your truck is burning oil and you think you can wait to the date when you need to change it right now how's the oil in your life how's the oil in your situation and then can I even tell you how many of you know that there are different types of oil not only different oil and lubrication that that is required for different parts of your vehicle but 10w30 5w30 there's different types every car don't require the same oil the oil that's needed for my lamp or for my, for my vehicle might not be the oil that's needed for yours so you got to find out what is it God that you want for me in my life what is it that is necessary for this season for me to be able to make it to the season ahead oh are you with me today same spirit but different administrations that's first corinthians chapter 12. come on somebody and you got to make sure your oil filter is good it's this thing called an oil filter and it gets rid of debris that the engine causes by itself and if stuff slips into oh man i'll preach i hope y'all are grabbing this if debris and stuff cuts into the engine from the outside it filters it out so that it doesn't harm the engine how many of you know that you need help dealing with stuff that you cause to yourself oh man how many of you know that sometimes your biggest enemy is yourself many of us rebuking the devil when we need to stand in the rear and say i rebuke you blank okay But whether it's from the outside or it's from the inside, check your oil filter. You got to filter every single thing with the word. Holy, the oil represents the spirit of God that is produced in your life. And there are many of you, you've been facing stuff and you've been checking it with yourself instead of checking it with the word. And Jesus says in John chapter 6 verse 63, my words are spirit and their life. Oh, are you with me? And so today I end, somebody's asking how do I get it man I mean you're talking a lot about all this oil how do I get it how do I get a fresh pouring how many of you know I know there's many people that teach that getting the Holy Spirit because the anointing the oil represents the Holy Spirit somebody say the Holy Ghost and many people when they hear this they just think back to a date when you spoke in tongues or you tarried at an altar and then it's like that's when I was filled with the Holy Spirit but how many of you know that Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, he says, be filled. Somebody say, be filled. 
be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he says this, he is saying it, declaring that this is something that's supposed to continually take place. It's not just a one-time thing. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that in the, every season, you need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Oh God, we need your spirit not just one time, but we see the disciples through the book of Acts getting anointed and filled afresh time and time again. And you're asking, how do I get it? Sometimes it comes through crushing. You crush all olives to get oil out of it. And so some of you, you, you've been running away from the crushing and God is saying, I'm trying to produce fresh oil in your life through the crushing you're experiencing right now. Let him crush you. If he prescribed it, there's a purpose for it. Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody today. And you've been running away from what you're facing and God's saying, I'm trying to get fresh oil. And not only is it crushing, not only is it crushing, but sometimes it's just in asking. Jesus says in Luke eleven thirteen, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You and I, God is calling us in this season to ask him and seek him for a fresh outpouring of his spirit there are many of you you've been facing the hills of life and you see that there's no power and you start leaning into yourself or co-depending on others and god is saying no pull off and check your oil and when you notice that the oil is low you ask him for it facing anxiety about work this week and school get down on your knees and say god give me a fresh outpouring of your spirit anybody other than me need it going through difficulty God I need to open this business situation I need to what God give me a fresh outpouring of your spirit God this relational issue that I'm facing on this hill give me of your spirit I need a fresh anointing online is that you somebody who needs a fresh anointing I need you to stand to your feet in this moment I just want to pray over you and we're going to end of course gathering around the Lord's table but those of you who are watching online, those of you who are here in the house, if that's you and you're like, I need a fresh anointing. Don't do it if it's not you. But in this moment, if you're like, that's me, I need a fresh anointing for the season ahead. I need the oil to make it through the temptations that I'm facing. I need the oil because I'm feeling powerless. And God is saying, don't look to yourself. Trust in me. I want you to lift your hands high right where you are. If you're like, that's me that's me and right now in your heart I want you to ask it ask God where you are like God I need you I need you I need you to fill me afresh ask him just for the next few moments ask him ask him he said he'll give it to you if you ask and so father we ask lord even as you said in your word in luke lord you said that you would give of your spirit to those that ask we've seen that you've done so on your body throughout the years and so god in this moment i ask that those who have hearts that are open and that are willing in this moment that you would fill 
them afresh Lord God fill them afresh fill them afresh with fresh oil for the season ahead give them of your power God for the season ahead to manage their families to manage their households in the name of Jesus to go into school Lord God to go into their endeavors the businesses that you've given them the visions and the things that you placed in their heart oh God give them a fresh oil fresh anointing for the season ahead and we thank you and we give you praise come on now if you believe it to be done go ahead and give the Lord praise come on give him praise give him praise come on praise him glory to God you may be seated and listen as I said this is not just something that's a one-time thing ask him for the oil when you feel weak and you need him ask him for the oil that's a mechanism for you ask him for the oil glory to God